Hello there and welcome to The Brief Key. My name is Saul James, your host, and you are listening to another radio podcast for Mental Health Awareness Week. And I'm discussing the topic of kindness with the absolutely beautiful, you can't see it because this is a radio interview, Miranda Wayland. Hi, Miranda. Hi. Um, Miranda Wayland, as a brief introduction, is the head of creative diversity at the BBC. And she works alongside June Sarpong, who is the director of Creative Diversity. And they are leading the change of diversity for the BBC with a specific focus on output. So what the UK audiences see, hear and reads. That's a big job, Miranda. It is a big job. And um, and thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's a a huge remit and one that I'm hugely excited about and really passionate about. So, yeah, yeah, great to, to be working on this agenda. And you have a wonderful boss as well. I do. I have a formidable boss who's a real game changer, real inspiration for but particularly women of colour, uh, to aspire and achieve, um, really gets the agenda into making a difference. Yeah. So Miranda and I have known each other for, I think, about four years, maybe. Yeah, that's roughly. right. Yeah, four years. Yeah. Um, when she was uh, first coming into meetings, some meetings that I was helping to run, and, oh, she came in with, once Miranda comes into a room, you know she's in the room. <laughs> You have such a wonderful presence about you, and oh, uh, oh, and a very thank very you. beautiful soul. So, um, and you're another one of these people who, within one minute of talking, we're giggling, and uh, I think that's... <laughs> that's very true. But all credit to you, actually, you made me feel welcome. So to kind of walk into this big, huge organization that is studios that's fully formed and has a real vision and remit to kind of look out in the sea of faces and find one that I could resonate with and also happen to be a decent human being. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, very kind of you to say that's so. It's really comforting. So thank you for making me feel loved on, uh, on my first time at Lanford Studios. Very welcome. It was very easy, my dear. Very much so. <laughs> um, and we are obviously going to be working together going forward, which is fantastic. I'm really, really, yeah. really pleased to have you uh, still with us and still uh, championing on the the diversity initiatives and campaigns that we're running it's fantastic so obviously we're here to talk about kindness which is the theme for mental health awareness week this week but before we go on to those questions i wanted to ask just in general to give the the people listening some understanding of where you're coming from how your world um connects with that of mental health mental health awareness and why you think or if you think campaigns like Mental Health Awareness Week are helpful and can help make a difference and challenge the stigmas? Mental health impacts me both personally and professionally. So if you're comfortable, I'd like to speak about my personal experience and and why that really is quite profound in what I do in a professional space. Um, At least five, six, maybe even longer years ago, my sister was diagnosed um, with a mental health condition, which meant for the very first time, I guess it, it it intruded and impacted my life in a way that perhaps I had been much more hands-off and dismissive about. And if I think about the sector that we work in and the pressures that consume it, it's, it's only um, evident that that is 
becoming more and more of a focal point for those who work in it. But just from a personal perspective, when when my sister started to display traits of her mental health disorder, very much in my culture, being a black woman from a Caribbean background, it was that ethos that we don't professionally seek help. You know, we close ranks, we shut down the the, the blinds, we refer to our cultural medicines and and um, cultural background to kind of deal with the situation. We put in certain measures in place, which, you know, for the best will in the world feels right based on our upbringing and our background. But if you couple that with Western society and medicine and and stuff, you often realise that actually that's probably not the best approach. So I, I we spent as a family perhaps a month thinking that her condition was something other than what it actually transpired to be. And I'll fast forward a little bit because I get quite emotional when I recant can't this story because um, she's my younger sister. We grew up together, love her passionately. Uh, there are days where I felt like I wanted to put her on eBay, but that's the relationship that you have with siblings, <laughs> isn't it? But to watch her go through this and, and suddenly morph into somebody that I didn't recognize, that burden of responsibility. My mum is, is uh, 70 plus with a physical disability herself. That yeah. burden of responsibility to manage that situation solely became mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. One that I embraced, but one I was totally ill-equipped to manage. And then it resulted in me having to section my sister, uh, which at the time seemed like the most sensible idea. There was a lot of coercing and deceitful conversations that I had to have with my sister to get her to even go to the hospital with me. And then discussing her with a psychiatrist as if she was a third person not in the room, you know, because of the work that I do, I can very easily put myself into project management mode yes. and deal with it. Yeah. Right, we need to get through this, 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 and this, because I know what the end goal is. But I had to apply elements of that, that situation, very foreign, to be emotionally connected, but also physically disconnected to, to what you're doing. And the moment that we had reached that, that bridge where it became clear that, you know, sectioning my sister for 28 days was the option that we were going for there was an element of relief and grief at the same time and then we walked into the area in which she was going to be sectioned in and I can only describe it as the most horrific moment of my life because my sister was unaware of what was really happening to her so as far as she was concerned we were just going to go into this particular room and have a further conversation very out of the realms of understanding. And so when we opened the door that led us into the into the wing that she was going to be spending the next 28 days, the screams, the anger, the anguish, the frustration, everything that I had thought about, an environment where people were detained for, for, for mental health and needed uh, professional help, watching people in, in this particular environment I felt this I don't think I have the words or the capacity to explain it but I felt like I had deceived my sister I'd let her down you know up until that point there were no tears I was going through a process I was doing what was right I believed in what I was doing I had an emotional breakdown right there and then questioned my decision all this in a matter of seconds because we were signing forms and she was going off to be reassessed 
And I remember I had to leave her uh, so she could settle in for a bit and I could come back. And it, it was it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. It continues to haunt me because I always feel like, you know, did I do the right thing? And obviously she's a lot better for it years on. But in that moment, you question your ability to know what's, what's right versus what you grew up culturally with. Yes. But there's that. And then obviously you suddenly become fully knowledgeable about the <laughs> mental health service. You want to know everything. You want yes. to know how it works. You want to, you, do you know what I mean? Like I get absolutely anal about wanting to know about shit that impacts me. Yeah. So, and then realizing that, you know, people of color often aren't receiving the same treatment and care and, uh, and support more lightly to, to, to have mental health conditions all of this information was popping up and it's not visible anywhere else. So unless you're in it, you don't know, right? It's all like, you know, the family that I'm connected with, my family or my friends, we sit down and we talk about mental health conditions. What we do do, and unless you're listening, you don't know, is that people talk about how stressed they are. They talk about, you know, the different things that they're, they're juggling. And, you know, often will either reward volume of work equals success, Right or we'll be envious about the fact that people are involved in lots of different things, but we're not thinking about the mental strain and challenges that might have. Uh, we're just equating success by volume. Uh, and sorry, I'm elaborating quite a lot, but for me on a personal level, it really opened my eyes as to what's really going on in and around me and how we really consume or confront mental health conditions. Mm, yes. And then from a professional point of view, we're working in a very fast-pacing, hard-wired organisation. Think about productions, how we turn those around really quickly. Long hours, long days, disconnected from families, often because you're in various locations. Things are turning around overnight. All of that adds to your mental well-being, and we often put that as a secondary concern in light of putting the job first. So all of that, it, it, both personally and professionally, is a huge driver for me to make sure that we're doing the best that we can. And these campaigns can help with that, can't they? Hugely. When I started to embark on my kind of awareness of what was going on, if it wasn't for conversations that were being had by people who were brave enough to talk about it, that we had mental health awareness days and organisations started to see the importance of profiling it, brave people were talking about their personal experience. I don't think I could have got through what I went through because you feel very isolated. There's a, an element of stigma and shame that you can't sort yourself out or you're not like everyone else. Uh, and trust me, being a black woman, there's enough of me to stand out as being different without having other things to be worrying about. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's hugely beneficial to know that there are other people that you can turn to, campaigns that are actively raising awareness. Otherwise... It becomes this thing that drifts in and out of your life and you, you can't heal, you can't grow, and you can't help. Mm, yeah, I, I, that was amazing. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for your honesty. That was really touching, really touching story. Um, just to pick up on something you said, that it's come up in another interview, that with anything whereby there are stigmas attached, or maybe even not just stigmas, but things that we don't know about, we can be quite dismissive of things around us until they touch us. So as you said, until the world of mental health came into your own home, 
you were disconnected from it really and other than being aware of it within mm. the workplace but mm. for you then to become engaged and connected and uh, a part of the driver to, to challenge the stigmas and talk about it and help people that only arrived when it arrived on your doorstep when 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 the the need for that and that's come up in another interview that often you know, we hear about these campaigns and we hear about, you know, let's raise money for cancer research, for example, or let's, you know, talk about domestic violence or, or mm. you know, all of these, you working within diversity, you know, until something comes onto our doorstep, we don't really engage. Um, Absolutely. And I think what would help, especially, for example, doing these, these podcast interviews, radio interviews is to help that, to help people hear and be a part of the change, be a part of, you know, the, the work of, of, of challenging and breaking down these, the, these stigmas without it needing yeah. to come to your house like, like, like for yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I think if I understood, you know, the stats and figures show that almost one in four people are going to have a mental health condition or know someone who has, those are really startling statistics. So, at least the people that are listening, you're going to have a group of people, family and friends who are going through or have gone through that. So it's not as removed as perhaps I felt it was at the time. Mm. It's just mm. that I wasn't in tune to it. I wasn't aware of it. And like I said, my cultural background is that we lock in really tight. We keep those things secret. We don't go out in the public and talk about it. And we find, you know, remedies and solutions yeah. that would yeah. address that. So, you know, it is... It is incumbent of all of us to be much more mindful of where, especially in this time where we're all locked in our houses, having to deal with a virus that, you know, disproportionately impacts ethnic minority groups. People are worried about their jobs. They're worried about finances. There are tipping points for everybody. Mm. and None of us know what they are until we're confronted with it. That we have to be kind to each other. We have to be aware of one another. There are different changes in people. You know, there was a stigma about talking about depression. And now we're much more knowledge about that. And we're mindful about the pressure that we put on people and the things that, you know, and people are much more comfortable to go, you know what, I'm not having a good day. Mm. So we have to get to that point as a community that, you know, the more we speak upon something, the easier it is for us to embrace it and build it into our way of thinking and mm. lifestyle. Yeah, and there will be a lot of people who have... Um cultural ways that mean we don't talk yeah an upbringing that says we don't ask for help um no, that's absolutely. that's not absolutely. that's on top of the social stigmas attached um yeah. so yeah i t totally understand that and the the last thing to pick up on um kind of it reflects on a couple of other um interviews for this this week that hindsight is 2020 and mm -hmm. looking back, now you can talk about what someone talked about in another interview about tough love. And yeah. that is kindness. At the yeah. time, it doesn't feel like Oh, it. yeah, no, it feels far away from the <laughs> yeah. But actually, you did the kindest thing and probably the most compassionate thing you could have done for your sister... At the time, it obviously didn't feel like that, but that was such a, and I know we're going to talk about it in a second, show of kindness and compassion. Um, so well done you for that, because I, 
can only imagine how hard that, that must have been. So moving on to the questions then. Question one, what does the term kindness mean for you? For me, it's, it's that moment that somebody shows you a, a warmth that probably is unexpected. Uh, it's, it's, it's a selfish act that is designed to benefit the recipient. Selfish or selfless? Selfless act. Selfless act, yeah. Um, um, you know, often in a world that there are trade-offs, people are do, have hidden agendas, you know, that, that moments of kindness are often afforded to, to people that you have built relationships with, whether it's close friends, family members. We can be very reserved about our elements of kindness. Um, and again, just the climate that we're in and the climate that we've come out of, this this inability to show kindness uh, for no other reason other than knowing that it may do some good, it's starting to become a foreign entity. Um, you know, I hear about stories that my mum used to talk about her upbringing and, you know, neighbours leaving their kids with her or she picking up shopping for other people or, you know, everybody sticking their head out and watching over their children or, you know, you know, it, it felt like it was driven by a necessity. Listen, I can't go and pick up my child while you're getting yours. Can you go and get mine type thing? Yes. But there is an element of kindness in that, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, in the society that we're in, we're all almost isolated and siloed, whether it's locked into a computer or, or actually just driving to get to the next thing. The ability to, to just demonstrate that has almost been forgotten. And then we come to this crisis. Mm-hmm. Where actually the underpinning thing that we can all do is show a level of kindness. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know why, but you've reminded me of uh, my own upbringing and uh, within relation to litter. And I was Mm. brought up that, um, you know, my mother, she was like, if I ever dropped a piece of litter on the floor in the street, Mm. it was like, you know, you've got to look. (laughs) You pick that up. And that you put that in your pocket. So I, I grew up as a child with a just pocket full of sweet wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> but that translated into me, me as an adult. I would yeah. never, ever drop litter or anything on the streets. Now, Absolutely. you don't realise, but actually you're being kind to your society. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Absolutely. It's, it's a way of having a, a, a kindness a, an attitude of kindness if you like um mm. that if we actually step back and think about it and look at the reverse it's not a kind thing to do because then someone else has got to do that absolutely you yeah know? but yeah. it's those like you said it's those things that where you're brought up and actually they could be really genuine acts of kindness if you actually you know stop and think about it mm-hmm. um yeah i like i like what you said there about it being a warmth towards people that that's uh that's a new one for the interviews. I like that. <laughs> um, so moving on to question two, why do you think kindness is so important to us as humans? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you think kindness is important. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, definitely, assuming that definitely. you agree, why, why do you think that's so important? It's, it's human nature, isn't it? I mean, fundamentally, the ability to connect to, to have an element of belonging, to be recognised and visible, to feel a part of something, all these different components that help us to be 
healthy, stable human beings is, for me, is underlined by kindness. The one thing I cannot stand in people is selfishness. Yes. The flip side of that has to be some element of kindness where, you know, it's, you, no one knows what anybody else's experience is, what journey they're traveling, what moment in time they're, in, they're connecting with you, what is going on for them in the background. And, you know, we all have our own personal challenges, but the way we inter- interact with each other and the way we can be mindful about each other can be an act of kindness that has volumes for that individual in that moment of time. And there's, you know, there's something to be said that you may not remember the person you speak to, but you always remember how they make you feel. Yeah. And if, if you can make someone feel, whether consciously or unconsciously, feel that they are they are equal to you, no lesser than you, then that in itself is sufficient, right? Yeah. But we all come across people that either our spirit doesn't take us or we've had a negative interaction with them or actually you can't even remember their name, but you're cussing them about what they did or how they interacted with you. That's negative energy, people. Yeah. There's not for your spirit and your soul and your mind, right? But you know the people that enrich you and empower you and energize you. Sometimes they've said nothing. They've just looked at you in a kind way. Or it's the single smile you have in the day that wasn't judgmental but was really supportive. And that in itself is an act of kindness. Um, so it's fundamental. It's yeah. one of those yeah. hidden tools that connects us as humans. Yeah, and I, I and there's so many things you said there that um, other people I've interviewed have said exactly the same thing, that it gives people uh, a kindness, gives a sense of belonging and mm. connection. That's really key, that it makes people feel recognised and visible and seen. That's something mm. that, that has come up a, a few times and and that it allows people to feel a part of something. And, and just because we reach out, by, by nature of reaching out, we connect. And that's it's so true. Um, mm. And something that's also come up is what you said, that everyone has a story. You don't know what's yeah. going on, you know, in yeah. the background. So it's important to be not be kind of judgmental with your kindness or choose who or who shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It's got, it, mm-hmm. You don't know their, their story. And um, something that uh, I touched on in another interview is exactly what you said there. And it was actually, um, it was um, Maya Angelou who was quoted in saying, I've learned that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And Absolutely. this is the second time this, is, this has come up and it's so true. And... Mm. Um, I think, yeah, your point that actually showing kindness within for us as humans to each other gives us the ability to leave a mark, a positive mark on each other and then helps people feel connected and visible and recognised. That's really fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, Question three, and we've kind of touched on this already, what do you see as a connection between kindness and compassion? They're totally interlinked. I think they're, personally, I think they're totally interlinked because there is an element of compassion that makes your kindness genuine right uh the kindness that you extend to others it shouldn't for me at least it's not a trade-off for something i'm going to get further down the line you know i may show an act of kindness and i may never see that individual again or not even be mindful that i did something nice to someone but just be my normal self and that's made and uplifted someone else so it has to be, it's about that authenticity, isn't it? 
you know, it's about that genuine impactful moment or series of moments that makes a difference. Um, and people can always show if it's disingenuine and whether or not the compassion that you, you share with others is rooted from a safe place. Um, the intuition that human beings have, that we all have as people, is very quick to be able to identify whether or not that act of kindness is genuine. And it sends off alarm bells, right? So that's why we suddenly become very suspicious about people and da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, if the compassion isn't the compelling driver for the act of kindness, then I don't understand, and that's my ignorance maybe, what would facilitate that other than something that isn't rooted in good. Mm. So I like that my takeaway from that was your is authenticity. Mm. I like that. And, and and then, I mean, yes, kindness and compassion are interlinked, and I get that you see it's it's the driver, it's a deeper driver, uh, compassion for, for kindness. Um, question four, getting practical. <laughs> Can you give um, a couple of examples of acts of kindness that you've witnessed? Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I've been very fortunate to see acts of kindness around me quite a lot. Um, not just, and I'm, I'm going to expand beyond COVID because obviously this is a unique set of circumstances that we're all in first and hopefully the last of our time. But, you know, acts of kindness that I see my children doing again, who know other benefit other than it's the right thing to do. You know, homeless people on the street, they'll go off and buy them a sandwich and just leave it with them. Uh, the fact that they'll pop in and, you know, go and see somebody that isn't well, that they don't have that much of a relationship with, because, you know, the work that I do, I bring quite, God bless them, I bring quite a lot of what the world looks like from my from my lens, you know, how people are underrepresented, how people are invisible, the difference. So they're, they're acutely aware of some of the challenges that we face in society and how we try to correct it at work. Um, you know, it always surprises me. I guess it always, it's just the little things. It is really just the little things, you know, how us as black people would nod to other black people when we see them walking down the street. I don't know how we've learned that because it's definitely not something my mum sat me down and went, every black person you see, you must nod and smile. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? There is a code and that in itself, just that one action is a kindness to me to make me know, you understand my struggle. You see me. My workplace might not often see me, but you see me. You know what I mean? The fact that somebody would do something kind in a supermarket because somebody hasn't got enough change and they'll pay for the the deficit. There are moments of kindness that I've been grateful to be able to see. I'm sure there are other moments of kindness that I've not even thought that they were kindness Mm, mm. or I've discounted them. But, yeah, I think, you know, God, look, the fact that, yeah, there's just loads of different loads things. Of, yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of the examples you've given are where we've, the, the people have seen a need and they've just acted. They've just yeah. done something. And that's really, I think that's really key. Because um, obviously, you know, there's the kindness of, I'll keep the door open for you as I come through, you know, the, the, mm, the shop entrance. Mm. Or, oh, you've dropped something, I'll pick it up for you. And then there's the the homeless person on the street who needs some food. And as you said, your kid's just buy a sandwich and, and, and give it. And that's slightly different because you're seeing a, you know, a real need. You're connecting is almost more compassionate, you know, mm, as, as you yes. said. Um, 
and yes, I totally get what you what you're talking about within the within the black community nodding and uh their uh, um the tv show blackish that i think is yes. currently on amazon prime there is one episode where the father black father is trying to teach his his son mm. about the nod and yeah. they're walking down the street and they're like you didn't nod why 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 didn't you nod and he's like no son this is what we do he's like you know no one taught us this but you need to do it why are you not (laughs) and he's like you're not black enough you know it's it's like you're not you're not nodding and it is um yeah it's very it's a very (laughs) i get that yeah yep rings bells um miranda an act of kindness that you've received yourself that stands out for you question five. Oh wow oh wow uh i think from a professional point of view the acts of kindness that i see that really resonates just purely with me is those days when i feel wobbly about my ability to do my job where i have you know self-doubt lack of confidence i feel like i'm a fraud and without knowing it there are mo- those in those vulnerable moments where I'm not sure about who I am, what I contribute. Um, the acts of kindness that people show me that they don't even know that they're doing speaks volumes. The fact that somebody will say thank you, and you know they maybe have said thank you 50 times in that day already for something, but that one thank you has helped me to rebuild my confidence. The fact that somebody will smile or stop and talk to me in the lift or in the corridor and just have a normal conversation uh, is an act of kindness that, you know. So, yeah, in those vulnerable moments is when I really see that. Um, and I'm blessed for it. I'm really yeah. blessed for it. You felt seen, recognised, visible. I felt, in that I moment, in those moments, I feel safe. Yeah feeling vulnerable whatever that driver is that's when those moments of kindness become profound yes because to feel vulnerable to feel isolated to feel that you don't belong or you don't have a place all those things that you know help you to move on in your day when they are stripped away from you and you're left bare and you kind of go oh my god the emperor's got no clothes on moment yeah that moment of kindness is what helps to get you through yeah and that's the linking back to why it's important for us as humans to show it to each other is because yeah. you never know the impact that you might actually make on someone's day. Never Final know. question. Uh, obviously, as you've mentioned, we're, we're currently still within COVID-19 times and uh, lockdown, isolation, people being alone, um, a lot of people struggling. It's a very different world that we're trying to navigate. And looking at the theme of kindness... Do you have one or two things, pointers, ideas that people can do to show self-kindness in these times? Yeah, definitely. You you need to, to you need to take time to think about yourself. Um, yes. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. People are worried about money. People are worried about job security. People are worried about what the future is going to look like. Those with kids are worrying what, you know, what is the next generation going to be walking into? There is enough, there is sufficient things that are currently going on at the moment that can consume your mental well-being. And as we're speaking, we're brokering into the summer. 
and you know it's about all those things that give you a moment to enjoy life and enjoy you it you know it's something it's easier said than done to not be hard on yourself uh to not demand more of yourself and benchmark your success against what society says that you should be achieving or where you should be in your life and the material things that gratify you as a person or validate you as an individual but the things that we need to be mindful of is our health and well-being isn't up for sale yeah it doesn't have a price tag that can be afforded away so easily and once we take that for granted that we can you know we can extend our working day by an extra hour to get that project done we sacrifice our mental well-being we sacrifice the energy that we need to give back to ourselves and the connections that we need to make with our families and friends in whatever form we surrender that for something that you cannot get back again and so whether it's at the beginning of the day the middle of the day or the end of the day it's about taking a t- some time out to be totally selfish 10 15 half an hour if you're fortunate longer where you go this is my time whether it's a music or book or sticking your head out the window and watching the clouds go by smelling the air listening to the birds or listening to your neighbors and reconnecting with the rhythms and the cycles of life that make you good again mm. is hugely important yeah because When we extinguish what's great about us that fuels us and impacts us and often can lead to poor mental well-being and then the inability to be kind to others then suddenly can follow real quickly, it is very hard to come out of that cycle because that becomes your new norm, right? So we do. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm not great at it. You know, I'm preaching something that I every day I have to remember to, to do it so it can suddenly become the norm. But... Without it, the version of myself is not pretty for myself. All the people around me, trust me, people suffer when I don't take a bit of time out for me. So It's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. We can be short with someone. It's normally a reflection that we're actually not being kind to ourselves. That That's very true. Yeah. And I love what you said. Basically, it's about being taking time out to be mindful. Mindful mm. of yourself, your emotions, and to reflect and to stop. And just to be, I, I, that's yeah. absolutely, I really, and I love what you said there, that health and well-being has no price tag. It's not up for sale. I think that's a really key message. Uh, look after yourself and, and then you can look after others. So be kind to yourself through that time. Miranda, it's been wonderful. It's been fantastic. Thank it's you been for moving. having me. Um, and uh, your messages there of, your health and well-being, like, why can't I say that? Your health and well-being having no price tag, I think, is a, a, a key point there. Take time out to be mindful and to reflect for yourself. It's the one time when it's good to be selfish. Um, yes. And authenticity, I think, is you know a wonderful uh, term to take away when it comes to thinking about how we are with each other. And um, that showing a warmth towards people you said there for kindness is is really important and understanding that simple acts of kindness can make people feel safe like they belong recognized visible and a part of something and um it's been a wonderful journey thank you miranda so much for uh taking the interview with the breathe key and for talking about kindness and mental health awareness week We will hopefully have you back here one day in the future for another interview, maybe. 
Definitely. I'd yeah. love to come back and I hope your listeners got something from today's session. Oh, I'm sure Thanks. they did. I'm sure they did. Thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening to Miranda Whalen talk about kindness. Um, you've been listening to The Brief Key. My name is Saul James. Please do check out this and the other radio podcast interviews at thebriefkey.com forward slash podcast. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts and on the Pocket Cast app and they are free for you to download. Hope you've got something from this and the other interviews and look forward to have you joining us again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.